This is episode 260, How to Live with an Angry Person with Dana. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for listening. A special thanks to those of you who are going and leaving reviews for the show, especially if you've been listening a long time and you haven't done that. It really means a lot to me and helps the show grow when you head on over to iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review, and also when you share the show. I see so many of you share the show. Sometimes you tag me in it. Sometimes you forget, (laughs) but I don't know unless you tag me in it. Uh, So please tag me so that I can say thank you. And it's really beautiful to see this community growing. We had our inner child workshop this past weekend and it brings tears to my eyes. Just so many beautiful breakthroughs. So many of you have had really challenging childhoods and You know, a challenging childhood can be anything from an extremely abusive childhood to just having a parent who's critical to moving a lot. You hear in the show over and over again that our childhood really does influence our adulthood so much until we heal and have a better connection with that inner child and don't create our choices and reality based on wounds and limiting beliefs that were formed usually in our childhood. So if you miss the inner child workshop, it's not too late. You can get the recording up until about September 28th. So it's available for the next month. If you want to watch the recording, which is just as powerful, you can do it as at your own pace. And that will be important to do if you want to join us for level two. So level two begins September 25th and you'll need to complete level one in order to join us for level two. Also, this month we gave away $5,000 in personal development grants. It was really, really awesome to give 10 people $500 gifts for their own personal development. And we are also enrolling angels. So if you would like to give someone a financial contribution, then please, please email jill at christinehassler.com because we've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of applicants and we can put you in touch with someone that would so, 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 so appreciate your gift. And it doesn't have to be $500. It can be more than that. It can be less than that. We had a few people come forward and gift the inner child workshop to people, which was beautiful, just beautiful to see. Um, but we're, we're just the introducers. So if you'd like to be an angel We'll introduce you to someone who has applied so we know they're legit and has shared what they want to use the money for. Usually it's therapy or coaching or some kind of healer or some kind of course that someone feels will really be helpful to them. And then we introduce you to that person directly and you give the money directly to them. So it's not going through us. So you can trust, you can trust that the money's going to the the person that it's intended to. We're going to give away another $5,000 in October as well. So there's still space to apply for the grant. Just go to christinehaster.com slash grant. And we'll either, you know, you're eligible to win the $500 from me, or you might get an angel, or we're also 
doing a lot of scholarships for our programs, be it inner child or personal mastery or some of the other programs that we have coming up. And in this very challenging year where there's so much uncertainty and so much loss in a lot of ways and so many things that are just hard to wrap our mind around. It's been a very traumatic year. I hope that you were able to listen to last Saturday's Coach's Corner episode with Michael Gay. Just in that, it's so important that we find the joy and we find the humanity. And I have found that in giving to another, it lights us up. (laughs) Giving from a full place, giving from that place of, oh, I just have so much love in my heart and I want to share. And if any of you are feeling down or stuck or like you're losing faith in humanity, just think who can you give to? And I don't just mean financially. There's so many other ways to give. And one thing that I'll keep reminding you about this year and this time is that sometimes things have to get bad before they get better. We have to hit a rock bottom in some ways to transform. And that's one of the messages that I've been putting out there is even though this is really hard and even though there's a lot that's just about it, (laughs) ultimately it is serving us. So it's our responsibility to continue to awaken, to continue to lead ourselves and others, whether that be one person or thousands of people into truth, into empowerment, into sovereignty, and also back into human connection. And one of the best ways that we connect with each other is giving and receiving. To the people that applied, I know that it's vulnerable. It's vulnerable to ask for help. It's vulnerable to apply for money. And I acknowledge every single one of you who applied because it takes great courage to ask for help. But that's part of how we connect too. It's not just in the giving, it's in the receiving. So don't hesitate, please apply. And if you don't get the grant from me, it doesn't mean you're not worthy. It doesn't mean anything at all. The energetic of just applying and and putting yourself out there and being open to receive, it will open an energetic doorway for you. So even though the money may not come from you personally, trust that abundance will come in. The more willing and worthy we feel to receive, the more we open receiving energy. So let's talk about today's episode. Dana, who I coach, is in a very difficult situation. And there's lots of ways that I could have gone with this call. And in the breakdown after the call, as I always do, I'll explain why I went in the direction that I went. So as you're listening to this call, consider, are you living or have you ever lived with someone who had rages, who had explosive bouts of anger? How are you at expressing your own anger? Are you honest about it? Do you do it in a healthy way? Or do you internalize a lot of it and then it leaks out through judgment, through nitpicking, through criticism, through irritability, either at yourself or others? Do you feel like you really, really, really worked on yourself and you can't believe you're still dealing with an issue that you've been working on in therapy for years? And finally, with the people that you're most, for lack of a better word, scared of, or that you have the biggest charge with, or that you have the strongest connection to, are you really, really allowing yourself to be vulnerable when it comes to expressing your needs? How do you do it? 
Do you do it through demands or do you do it through vulnerability? Do you let people really see how their actions hurt you and impact you from that pure place of vulnerability, not victimhood, but vulnerability? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my session with Dana. And before we dive into the episode, I want to thank my sponsor for this week, which is Rothy. Have you heard of Rothy? They make stylish, sustainable shoes and bags for life on the go or life around your house, whichever's more appropriate. They're carefully crafted with eco-friendly materials like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastic. You know, Rothy's has kept over 50 million single-use plastic bottles out of landfills and transformed them into their signature thread, which is knit into beautiful, sustainable shoes. I love these shoes. These are my go-to shoes. Whenever I travel, whenever I go anywhere, I make sure I have my Rothy's with me because they can be casual, you can dress them up, and they're really comfortable. I'm somebody that doesn't wear heels (laughs) and really doesn't wear flip-flops, so my best shoe for any outfit, dress, jeans, shorts, whatever, is Rothy's. So they come in an ever array of colors, prints, and patterns, and styles. They're seamlessly knit, and Vogue calls Rothy's a personal obsession and says they're the most comfortable shoes on earth. Plus, Rothy's always come with free shipping and returns. Their newest addition is their first adjustable sneaker. I'll be trying that one out. The lace-up is out of this world comfortable, and with all their shoes, it's again knit from thread made from repurposed plastic water bottles. Good thing we're doing smart things with all those plastic water bottles, right? And to top it all off, Rothy's owns and operates their manufacturing workshop where they prioritize sustainability every step of the way and their shoes are fully machine washable. So throw them in the wash and it's like they got a new pair of shoes. So here's your call to action. Go to rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash over to shop all your new favorites, both shoes and bags, bags too, if you need a new bag. Again, that's rothys.com slash over to get your new favorite shoes and bag today. And now on to my coaching session with Dana. Dana, welcome to the show. How can I help? Thanks. Um, Well, my husband has had an anger problem for a long time. He rages out like he he screams and towers over my son, his stepson, and I'm done with it. It's no longer an acceptable behavior to me. And I really, you know, I just recently kicked him out of the house for two weeks I told him that he needs to go and deal with his stuff. And I want to really hold that boundary when he gets back. Mm. I really want to be firm with that and just make sure that if that happens, that me and the kids are safe and that I'm able to say, you need to get out. You need to do something But I don't, in the past, it's been, it just evolved sort of into me and him screaming at each other and I'm asking him to get out and he doesn't get out. And Mm -hmm. I just want to, I don't know, I I guess my main thing is I want to hold the boundary and I don't want that to be a part of our lives anymore. And what does the boundary exactly look like to you? That if he's that mad that he needs to scream and yell and rage that he needs to get himself out of, out of the house, that he needs to get outside. Okay. Do you guys have a code word for that? Um, we've tried different things. Like we've tried, 
sort of code words we've tried, like, cause we have cats, we've tried saying, you know, squirt me with the squirt bottle that we do mm-hmm. with the cats. We've tried, like, I, I have tried a signal with him where like, I sort of put my arms up over my head, but all mm-hmm. of those things end up feeling like they're making me responsible for his behavior or making me responsible to like curtail him somehow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, in a way you kind of are. Mm. Welcome to relationship, right? (laughs) (laughs) So our relationship with our partner is not like our relationship with our child. We're not responsible for our partner's overall well-being, making sure they're happy, all those kinds of things. But we do have a responsibility to help them grow and see their shit. Mm. And I have a feeling that you just feel overburdened with responsibility in general to kids, cats, a business. And then it's like, I don't want to have to deal with husband too. Right. However, could you, is there another way you could look at that? (sighs) Let me ask you this first. How does he help you grow? Where does he call you out? Oh, all kinds of things. I mean, I feel like that's part of what was attractive to me about this relationship in the first place. Cause I divorced a man who was emotionally abusive, but like in a really subtle insidious way. And I met this man and he's, he's very into personal development, personal growth, all that stuff. He does the work, he does men's work. And so we've always sort of been mirrors for each other and called each other out on things. Mm-hmm. And I guess I feel like I, when he calls me out, you know, I might not like it, but I'll hear him on it and I I get it. And I feel like this one thing is like something that we have gotten stuck on that has seemed like this thing that we just can't get past. Mm-hmm. Like it's been two years of, of dealing with it. And it came to this head last week where we had two days of it being really intense. And that's when I had to kick him out. And And what you mean is like the anger outburst and particularly taking that out on your son. Yeah. Like we'll take it like in this case, because we have a two-year-old, a 10-year-old and myself. And on this one day, he raged at my, at my 10-year-old. He screamed at the two-year-old in a way that was way over the top and he threatened to hit me. Mm. That's, that's a big day. I'm glad you asked him to leave. And where does his anger come from? (laughs) Childhood drama. Mm -hmm. His, he was the oldest of six kids and his parents, basically foisted the care of the children off onto him. So he was, he was eight years old and changing diapers and making dinner for other kids. Right. Right. And as a mom of a 10 year old, I can't imagine like my, my 10 year old son has never changed a diaper. Yeah. I wouldn't, I can't even imagine asking an eight year old to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So you can have empathy for him and this is where it gets tricky Mm -hmm. because you want to have empathy for him. You want to do your part as his wife and as his partner to call him out and help him grow. And we're walking a fine line here of it being abusive. Right. I don't actually think the line's that fine. Yeah, no, not, not at all. Yeah. I've, I've gotten clear that it's abusive behavior that needs to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Does he know it's abusive behavior? He does. For a long time, he sort of advocated saying like, well, I haven't, I haven't hit him. And I'm like, is that where you want your bar to be? Mm-hmm. that you haven't hit anyone, like mm-hmm. when you're slamming things and yelling like that and towering over being intimidating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Do you think, Dana, that he can change? He can heal? I do think so. I guess I, it's like this, it keeps coming back to this burden of responsibility. Like, I feel like if I don't do it right, if I don't set it up right for him to be able to, because a lot of times when he, like, when he goes out on my son, when he rages out on him, he'll say, it's because you interfered. It's because you said something. And if I wouldn't have gotten that bad, if you hadn't sort of stuck yourself in there, it's like, you need to let me have a relationship with him. But what I've seen is like this pattern of him blowing up over and over again. Mm-hmm. And what my experience is right now is that he'll say he's sorry and he'll say he's not going to do it again. He'll, you know, we've had a couple big ones over the last few months where he's like, that's it. I'm not going to do this anymore. And he keeps not being in integrity with that. Like he'll say right. he's not going to do it anymore and he'll say he's going to change. And then he doesn't. And that's why I think it came down to me doing this kicking him out thing. And it, I really hope this does it, but I don't have a lot of faith that it will. Yeah. Well, it's very much the cycle of abuse. And I'm sure you know this from your last relationship. The abuse mm-hmm. happens, then the apology and the promises happen. And then there's hope and there's rekindling and then you're kind of back in it. And and back yeah. to the responsibility part, I can't imagine anything that you could do that would justify him raging at a boy. Right. And you know, he's basically passing on his own abuse. Instead of dealing with it and healing it, he's passing it on to your boys. Right. And just keeps passing it on. So from from my perspective, like he would need quite a bit of counseling and help yeah. to deal with it. Yeah. Because without that, he is going to keep in this cycle because I don't believe anyone can resolve an abusive childhood on their own. You need professional help. It's too, maybe, I don't know, maybe someday we'll evolve to the points of humans where we can. And maybe there are some people who have, I don't know anyone in all my years because it's so damaging to the psyche that Mm -hmm. it needs that, that professional help. How much professional help is he getting? Um, he's gone to a counselor on and off for about the last year. He's never really been consistent with going to him. So I feel like that's one of the, like, I want to figure out what sort of my requirements are. Yeah. Like how I'm, you know, like I want it to be, yes, you have to get professional help. So whatever that looks like, whether it's weekly, biweekly, but like consistent professional help. Yeah. The other thing I'd recommend, and we'll, we'll go to your guidelines in a second, cause I really want to help mm-hmm. you feel safe and empowered. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a men's group called sacred sons that my husband is a facilitator of, and uh-huh. they're having their next event in October, first weekend in October. Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend that because the other thing that I think he would need in addition to the trauma is men's work and healing yeah. a lot of his anger, like first seeing that he is, he is his father and he's the mm-hmm. person that he hated most he's turning into and the shame and the grief that comes up with that, but also really being held accountable in a circle of men. Right. Because there's only so much you as his wife can, can do. And he almost needs to be mm-hmm. called out and called forward by his brothers in yeah. a lot of ways. Does he have a lot of men and close people in his life? 
He does. He's, he's done a lot of men's work. And in some ways I think like some of the men's work that he's done has hurt more than helped because Mm. it's almost like he's got this misogynistic kind of, you don't understand because you're a woman and I've done all this men's work. And Oh, so that's not the kind like, of men's work I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I've been. I'm not talking about the rah, 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 you know, I'm talking about the, like, let's look at how we wound ourselves, others, and the feminine kind of men's work, the men's work where they yeah. own their shit and cry, that kind yeah. of men's work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that could be a possibility. I think in yeah. terms of, so looking back in terms of your life, in your last marriage, there's definitely a theme of abuse here. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. work have you done around that? Lots of therapy, mm-hmm. um, coaching a women's circle that I was a part of for like two or three years, like really good, deep relationship with women. Like, mm-hmm. cause mine was from my mom. Mm. So it was, it's, a sister mother wound kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel it. Like, I mean, I did a lot after I left my first marriage and I felt like I got really strong in between. And even at first my relationship with my current husband was so good that I felt like I was even getting stronger with him. And now it's like, it's a little overwhelming because I have so much on my plate. It feels like, what do I need to do now to work on this next? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there's a couple things. So one, make sure you keep getting your own support with therapists, mm-hmm. counselors, whoever that may be. Yeah. Two, that you have good boundaries and guidelines in place. And we'll talk, we'll come back to that. I want to talk about the third thing first. So anyone who's been abused and then becomes abusive has a great deal of shame, great mm-hmm. deal of shame. And one thing that we know to be true is that love is incredibly healing. And often when someone is in an environment where they don't feel judged, a lot of times the protective behaviors, such as lashing out, yeah, start to fade. And so I'm wondering... And I am in, please know that I am in no way, shape, or form saying this is your fault at all. So please let me just preface that right there. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm curious about is how much you create a really feminine, loving, non-judgmental, shame-free space for him. Again, not after he rages. I'm not suggesting after he does that, you say, oh, come here, honey. I see you're upset. It's okay that you yelled at our son. You don't need to feel ashamed about that. I'm not saying in those situations. I'm saying in the day-to-day, because a lot of times as women, we can get in the habit of judging and emasculating. It's like little things that kind of add up. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, because I run a business... And because he is doing childcare and food, like he's kind of stay at home husband, he feels that I'm operating in masculine because I'm making money and running a business. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's some truth to that, but the way I run my business is a very feminine, Mm -hmm. like my business runs in a very feminine way. It's a very, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but Yes. It's hard for me to create that 
because I feel like I'm holding so many pieces. Yeah. Do you feel like you can be judgy or emasculating to him? Um, sometimes. And we've tried recently. I feel like recently what's actually kind of added to this problem is we started this, we do like a debrief chat. Like, mm-hmm. so after the kids go to bed, it's kind of like, what do we need to connect on? What were the things like? And we just carve out this really intentional time to just talk. And sometimes there's things to talk about where it's like, oh, this didn't really feel great or this mm-hmm. didn't go that well. And he has expressed that he feels like those times just become like me criticizing him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like I, I, so I tried even turning that off. I tried just saying, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just not going to criticize you. But then I feel like I'm stuffing things that I legitimately mm-hmm. feel, but that I can't talk to him about because he can't handle his emotions. Like mm-hmm. he, he gets so mad that he can't take it or I, even no matter how I deliver it, mm-hmm. how I try to make it so that I'm building him up and saying, look, I just want our life to work better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I hear that. <laughs> and I hear your, <laughs> I hear your frustration in it. So let me ask you another question. Do you want to stay in this marriage? I do. I really want, I want to stay. I want, I want for it to work. I want okay. to be healthy. I want him to be healthy. Okay. And do you think he's really highly abusive or do you think he has la- like rages that are controllable. I think that, well, my proof that it's controllable is that he generally doesn't do it in front of other people. Okay. So I, I feel like that's proof that he can control it. Yeah. For whatever reason, he's let it get out of hand here. Yeah. I'm not so sure, you know, just because someone can control Mm. it out in the world doesn't mean that they have that much dominion over it. So So I'm just going to go with the fact that you want to stay and you want to make it work. So there's a couple of things that, that I'd say, again, make sure you have your, your own help. I would, with your, with your closest friend, someone that you really trust, have an agreement as to if it ever gets to point X, you've got to help me leave, like make me accountable. Does that make sense? Mm. Like have a really clear, you know, if he ever hits me or one of the kids like that, that's, that's a separation. That's a, I'm not doing this anymore kind of thing so that you have some degree of accountability so that it, you don't, cause what happens is with bad behavior, our threshold just gets higher. And yeah. so we can tolerate more and more and more. And yeah, I feel like the frog in the boiling pot. Like yeah. I'm like, what the hell? How did I get here? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And I hear that you love him too. And I hear mm-hmm. that there's probably so many good sides that we haven't talked about that mm-hmm. make you love him. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's a stepfather and a father to your two-year-old. So there's a lot, there's a lot um, at stake here. So there's the the side of getting your own professional help, knowing how much is too much, because even if he never hits your boys, and I know you know this, but just the raging at them is abusive. Right. And is terrifying to them. Yeah. And so 
your side of it and then having very clear agreements on what he needs to do, not the occasional counseling. Um, I'd also insist on going to one of the sessions with him so that mm-hmm. the counselor can hear your point of view because we never know how honest someone's being in therapy. So I think right. it would be important for you to be in one of those those meetings um, and just get really, really clear on what your guidelines are in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, if this, you know, if you explode, you're out, like you're sleeping, you're not in the house and, and having to be super firm on that because how else do you make yourself and your kids feel safe? Right. So that's, that's one side of it. The other side of it, since you do want to stay is really considering how do I, because we know that his rage and his abusive behavior is coming from being abused and mm-hmm. being not loved, not seen, not supported. Um, yeah. You know, he probably did not get much love and attention from his mom being the youngest of six. She was probably really over having kids by then. And so there's a part of him that's craving it. And I, again, I'm not excusing the raging or abuse in any way, shape, or form. And it's a cry out for help. It's a cry out for, it's almost like an unconscious, how far can I push this and you'll still love me? Because he has such low, low, low self-worth. So it's creating that environment for him where he does feel nurtured, where he does feel loved, where he does feel like a hero, where he does feel like Mm -hmm. his every move isn't criticized or tweaked or you know, whatever. And if like, that would be your part, if you're choosing that you want to be in this, that would be your part in creating an environment that is more conducive to his healing. Does that Mm. make sense? Yeah, it does. That doesn't mean you don't have firm boundaries. Right. You know, I'm, I'm very loving and very nurturing and very feminine. And, and most of the time he'll call me out. I don't know if I am not emasculating to my husband, but when he, cause he came from an abusive father, definitely has rage. Um, and when that comes up, I'm very firm in my boundaries. I'm not yeah. like, you know, submissive and consoling to that behavior when mm-hmm. he has the remorse about it, then I welcome it. But it's, it's that balance of having love and, you know, it's a little easier in my situation because Steph has worked through so many of his demons. So he doesn't, he just has little outbursts. He's not being abusive or really, really raging. But when that anger gets to a point where I'm not comfortable, it's, it's calling, it's like, calling that out, but also not shaming. It's a delicate balance yeah, of calling someone out for something. Cause I know, well, I don't know, but I'm guessing that he's probably full of shame for his actions. Oh yeah. That's it. He goes, he goes into like this shame cycle, like he yep. rages and then he feels this shame and it's like, he's addicted to the shame. It's like, mm-hmm. he's trying to get to the shame because that's what yep. he knows. Yep. That's what's familiar. And that's how he felt so often as a little boy, scared and shamed. 
And maybe I'm being so critical because I'm not holding my boundaries. So it's like, yeah, I'm criticizing his everything because I can't hold the boundary with the one thing that's really important. Yep. So that's in a way, that's a great awareness because in a way that's how you're fighting for power. Hmm. And that's often what happens, especially in a male female dynamic is that the woman will kind of let things like won't hold her boundaries, won't speak up on the part that really matters and sort of let things kind of accumulate. And instead of having just a lash out, it'll be a little dig there, a little dig there, a little dig there. Mm. And the man will tend to like, take it, take it, take it until one day he just freaking explodes. And this isn't gender specific. It can happen either. I just, a generalization noticed that quite a bit. And so it's going to be good for you to really hold your boundaries, really be clear on what's your non-negotiables and hold those with love Mm -hmm. and not shaming him and be mindful of like the little digs along the way. Again, not your fault that he gets rageful and abusive, not your fault at all. And there are things that you can do to create that more loving, safe space for him that's more conducive Mm -hmm. to his healing because, and I'm telling you this because you said you want to stay. And so I'm trying to give you both the practical, the boundaries are important. The people on your team are important. The agreements are important about how much is too much. The agreements that, you know, there's certain behavior that's not tolerated. If this happens, you leave the house. And then the other side of what's your role in this, right? Because Mm -hmm. as a child, when your mom was abusive, what was your coping strategy? My dad would tell me to hide. My dad would tell me to lay low. Mm -hmm. Stay out of her way. Mm -hmm. So no voice. Yeah. No, no empowerment, no boundaries. You just kind of had to take it. Mm -hmm. So... Again, Dana, this goes back to you have a high tolerance for shitty behavior and that's what you're going to have to be mindful of. Just because you can take it doesn't mean you should. Right. And so little Dana really, really, really needs you to hold firm boundaries because the only choice she had as a child was to hide. That's not your choice. I wanted my dad to stick up for me so bad. I wanted him to say to my mom, like, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. And now I create that for Isaac, but I don't create it for myself. You let Isaac say that, but you don't do it for yourself. Is that what you mean? I mean, I stick up for Isaac. Mm -hmm. I I go and I I interfere Mm -hmm. and I stand up to my husband when it comes to him. Mm -hmm. But not for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Time to start. Yeah. And it really can be something as, doesn't have to be an argument. It can really be something as simple as this is not what we do here in this house. This is not how we talk to each other. Yeah. You're my husband. I'm your wife. This is not your home. This is not our childhood. We're doing it differently. Yeah. It's like often bringing someone, because usually when someone's in one of those positions, they're so time traveled. So being firm in like, this is your son. This is your stepson. I'm your wife. This is not our childhood. We're not doing it this way. This is not our life. Yeah. And 
that's going to be so, so important along with professional help, because I don't think this is something that the two of you can navigate. And I don't underestimate either one of you as humans. Um, There's just a lot Mm -hmm. of trauma here. So that professional help aspect is going to be important too. Yeah. Does this help at all? (laughs) Yeah. It's still a little overwhelming, but it helps a lot. Yeah. And I'm sorry you're going through this. I really am. And, you know, this is where, where pray and prayer and calling in our spiritual allies, whatever you believe in, even Mm -hmm. if it's just positive energy, um, really helps a lot too. And Mm -hmm. again, I know, I know boundaries are hard, um, especially when we have a childhood where we didn't have any, Mm -hmm. but Dana, like for, for your emotional and mental, spiritual, physical well-being, and, and that of your sons, loving, firm boundaries are like is your medicine right now. Yeah, and not like really using your fierceness and your courage and your warrior woman to stand up to that behavior versus little digs and little picks and little nitpicking here and there. That's sort of more the yeah. weak, wounded woman's way of getting right. her message through. That's not the warrior woman's way of getting her message through. Yeah. Makes sense? It does. And you have people you can reach out to on your end for help? I do. Yep. Okay. I really feel you got this. I know it feels overwhelming, but you've done a lot of work and I can hear the the tiredness, but also the commitment in your voice. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dana, for your honesty, your vulnerability. I can imagine in so many ways that was not an easy call for you. And I so appreciate you being willing to share because I suspect that other people are in or have been in the position you are. So... Let me talk about why I went the direction with Dana that I did. So as we got into it and it was revealed that there is a bit of a cycle of abuse, even though her husband wasn't physically hitting, there's some emotional and mental abuse going on with the rages and the things that are said. And then there's the the shame he feels and there's the apology and, you know, that's the cycle of abuse. And you may have been wondering two things. One, why I didn't say you need to go, this is abusive. And two, why I didn't really take her into a lot of the feelings. The main answer to both of those questions is because I was wanting Dana to feel a sense of empowerment, like she wasn't doing anything wrong, and a sense of strength so that she could feel and know how to best move forward. So it wasn't my place to tell her, you need to leave. I asked her, do you want to stay? She said, yes. And telling someone that they need to go when they're clear that they want to try to work through it, again, is not my place and just will shut down that person. 
And so I really wanted to create a space of communication for her, a space where we could talk, where we could brainstorm some things together, like having an accountability partner, a friend who she's really specific about, about like, this is when I leave, if it gets to this point. And also to be open to how she could maybe show up differently in the relationship that may help him heal. Another reason I wasn't telling her to go is because it sounds like her husband is working on it. It's not like he doesn't see it. It's not like he's resistant. He left when she asked him to leave. And so it sounds to me like a very, very hurt, traumatized little boy who has these outbursts where it's almost like he dissociates so much that he doesn't even know where he is. And again, that doesn't excuse it, but it explains it. And the fact that he's working on it gives some hope. Also, Dana came from an abusive background. So part of this is familiar to her. And I didn't want to take her super deep into an emotional release or an emotional breakdown because she also was saying she's got two kids at home, a job, and he's away this weekend. So I wanted to help build her up and give some foundation for how she could move forward rather than taking her too deep into the emotion. Because sometimes when we go too deep into the emotion, we can't deal with the practical things. And that seemed really important at this point in time. So my encouragement to her was to get really clear about her guidelines, to get really clear about her boundaries, but also look at how she could create a space that enabled his healing even better. Let me just affirm again, I'm in no way, shape or form saying this is her fault in any way. I am saying she's in the relationship and as someone who's in a relationship and wants to be in that relationship and wants to help the person heal, there's a responsibility there. And so if part of why her husband has these rage outbursts is because he never felt loved, he never felt seen, he never felt like he was enough, anything she can do to create that feeling is going to be helpful. At the same time, she's got to start speaking up instead of kind of making a list and then criticizing or letting it get to a certain point. So it's a it's this delicate balance, and this is this beautiful thing about feminine energy. A lot of people think feminine energy is weak and submissive, and we just tolerate whatever, and we just love everything. No, no, no. Feminine energy is fiercely loving and compassionate. So it's a combination of the compassion the compassion, the nurturing, the holding space, the non-judgmental, but also the mama bear. You know, when we were in Montana, they told us the most dangerous grizzlies were moms with cubs. <laughs> Those were the ones to be, stay, stay away from the most because that mama bear term, that's where it comes from. Mama bears are fierce. And so yes, boundaries. Yes, I won't tolerate you talking to my son like this. You need to leave also balancing that out with creating this really loving, nurturing space. And that starts with her too. You know, having the abusive parent that she did, her own self-talk and her own self-relationship is probably pretty rageful as well. It's probably pretty unhealthy. 
So that self-talk needs to change, that really finding that loving mother inside of herself for herself so that she can hold that space for her husband as well. Again, not her responsibility to fix. We can't change other people. However, in a partnership, we do have a responsibility to do our part to create a cohesive healing environment for someone. And if she knows he's working through a lot of this childhood trauma where he was abused and he didn't feel enough and so on and so forth, the more loving of a space, the more she can prop him up, all those kinds of things will probably help. That combined with her firm boundaries, her non-negotiables, her deal breakers. And also I recommended he needs consistent counseling. The men's work I recommended, which I can stand behind because my husband goes and facilitates there. It's called Sacred Sons because they do deep shadow work. And it isn't about propping men up and being better than women or anything like that. It's actually really dealing with the wounded little boy and finding that that space for men to let go and really be held by other men and also going to counseling with him so that she can speak her voice and her truth. And so the counselor gets both sides of the story, which is important because it's very possible for people to manipulate therapy sessions. You know, in an hour, you can get by with not being or 50 minutes, however long a therapy session is, you can sometimes get by with not being fully honest. So if you have a partner going to therapy to help make the relationship better, I would highly recommend attending at least one of those therapy sessions with them and or having your joint therapist together. So I have so much compassion for Dana. This is not an easy situation for her to be in. She's gone from abusive household to abusive ex-husband, to another abusive situation, which sounds, you know, a lot like it's rage outbursts, not consistent abuse. And so she's exhausted. (laughs) I'm sure she's just exhausted. And so that self-love and filling herself up is going to be so, so, so important. So some takeaways for you. If you are in a situation where there's a cycle of abuse, really want you to get clear do I need to leave? And if you need to reach out for support, for guidance, for assistance, for someone to help you come to that decision, then do that. But your gut knows, your gut really, really knows what you need to do. And if you're in a situation where you don't want to leave, you know you want to stay, and this could be in a romantic relationship, a business relationship, relationship with a parent, really look at your end of it. How can you show up in the relationship that could create a more cohesive healing environment for the other person. Watch yourself abuser. Be really, especially if you've had abuse in your life, a lot of times we internalize that through our own self-talk and our relationship with yourself. So really, really watch your self-talk, find that loving inner parent, maybe come join us for inner child, get the recording, christinehaster.com slash inner child. And finally, Allow yourself to feel your feelings. When we don't process our feelings in a healthy way, we rage or we suppress and get sick or, you know, film the blank. Feeling our feelings in a healthy way is really important. So Dana, if you're listening, when your husband comes back, as I encourage you, really be vulnerable with him. 
be vulnerable. When we want someone to really hear us, they can't hear us when we're attacking, blaming, or shaming. When we let them see our tears, not in a victim way, when we let them see our tears, when we let them see our vulnerability, then often they can hear us. They can hear us. So allow yourself to feel your feelings. Allow yourself to communicate with vulnerability and take any of the shame or the victimhood out of the game because neither one of those gets you anywhere. All right. That's our episode for this week. Thank you all so much for listening. I'm sending you so much love and many blessings until next time. Thank you for listening to Over at Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Bye.